Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is an incorruptible seed and that it is designed to go down on the inward parts of our lives and bring change. Father, as we hear this morning, I pray that the Spirit of God will minister to each person that they leave this place spiritually full of your promises and your word. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing to teach, rising up on the inside of me to feed your people your word. And as we leave this place, our hearts, our minds, and our lives will reflect the promises of God in our lives so that those around us will see our light so shine and they will look and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. welcome to 2009. Amen. Well, welcome to the year 2009. Our New Year's service was used as the platform to introduce God's desire and heart for us in 2009. And our theme and direction as a church and for your individual lives for 2009 is a year of all sufficiency in all things. Say this with me. Say a year. Of all sufficiency in all things. Amen. That just means that we're believing for 2009 that you're going to have a year that you have everything that you need and some more. Amen. Our first series for the year is designed to lay the foundation and groundwork to have a year full of all sufficiency. So our series for today and our teaching for the next few weeks is entitled The Blessed Life. Everybody say the blessed life. The blessed life. life. And I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That is our theme scripture for the year. Our banners here will be changing in the next couple of weeks uh, to reflect the direction that God has for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and while you're turning there, I have already begun to experience all sufficiency in all things for 09. I hate going to the mall, but my wife and we took some kids along with us to the mall on, on New Year's Day. And we went to Grapevine Meals Mall. And, I, and the way I study, I study by listening and seeing the word. I'm, I, I'm audio and visual. So I don't just like to read. I like to listen to the Bible on CD while I'm following it in my Bible. And so I purchased a set of Bose headphones and because they're, they're awesome. I mean, those bows, they cost a lot. But when you put them on, they, you don't hear anything outside of you. And so one of the headphones on this Bose uh, headphone set, one of them started going in and out. Now, these, these headphones cost $318. Amen. 
And so this happened last year, and these headphones are about a year and a half years old. The warranty went out in a year. So the, the mall we were going to had a Bose, you know, place in there. So I took it, I, you know, put it back in the original thing, and I took it in. And, I, you know, I expected a fight when I got in there. You know what I'm saying? I expected a fight. I mean, you know how it is when you feel people are going to give you a hard time. And, but see, this is a year of all sufficiency and all things. So I walked in. I said, sir, you know what? These headphones, uh, one of them started going out. I said, you can look in the system. I don't have my receipt, but you can look in the system that I purchased it about a year and a half ago. And uh, I'm just not happy. That's all I said. He said, hold on just a minute. He didn't look in the computer. He went to the back. When he came out, he had a brand new box of headphones, and he just gave them to me. I said, a year of all sufficiency in all things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Because the first thing I'm going to try to get in everyone, everyone's heart is I'm going to have to chisel in some of you all's mind to start thinking for all sufficiency. Amen. Just the fact that I went in thinking I was going to have to fight shows that I'm going to have to watch God's words work for me versus me working for, for myself. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look in verse number 8. Well, let's look in verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, here's the promise. And God is able to make all grace abound toward who? Toward you. The word grace means favor. That you always, everybody say always. always. Then it says, having all what? Sufficiency. All sufficiency in how many things? All. In all things, but the purpose of having all sufficiency in all things, he goes on to say that we may abound in every good work. Now, I like the amplified version of that. I'm going to read it to you. It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, what I did for the New Year's service, I, re, I went and looked up most of those words, the major words in that verse, in verse 8. I looked them up in the Greek, and then I wrote the definition of them down. And then I put all those words together, and I combined the definition, the biblical definition of that verse, and this is what it came out to say. And God is powerful enough to superabound in quality and quantity with excess enough to spare all favor, benefits, and pleasures until it, we're talking about favor, benefits, and pleasures, until it exceeds a fixed number and go over and above for you until it overflows to you so that you always hold in your hand all sufficiency, which is a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed in all things so you may be able to do every good work. In other words, God wants us for the year 2009 to hold in our hand all sufficiency. What does that mean? That means that now you're going to have to get used to having more than what you've ever had. Now, here's the first point I want you to make. You can write this down as point number one. All sufficiency in every area first starts with being blessed. Everybody say being blessed. 
Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis. In order for us to have a year of all sufficiency in all things, we must understand that we are living a blessed life. Genesis chapter 1. And let me outline to you what God had. Let me, let me just say this. Anytime you want to see the purpose of, in which God wanted something, always go back to the beginning in which he started something. And so look in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Because God's original intent for mankind was for us to live in a constant state of blessing and abundance. If you want to write that down for point number two, here it is. God's original intent for mankind was for us to live in a constant state of blessing and abundance. Notice I said a constant state. Now, in Genesis 1, 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. That includes all those ants that were in my house. And they are dying as we speak. You know, after the man came and exterminated the house, we, I got up the next morning, and the master bath floor was full of ants they were dead and the bathtub had at least a hundred some ants in it heaven was like daddy can you get the ants out i was like they're dead you need to take care of them but i have dominion over those ants look in verse 27 so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them watch this here's the focus verse And God did what? He did what? And God blessed them. And then God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. In other words, I want you to see here is that when God created man, the first thing he did is that he blessed man. Now, let me explain to you what that word blessed means. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The word blessed means to be happy, to speak well of, and to prosper. The word blessed means to be happy, to speak well of, and to prosper. It is also a state in which a person has an abundant supply of spiritual and material resources that allows them to live a life of more than enough at all times. I'm going to say that part again. To be blessed is a state in which a person has an abundant supply of spiritual and material resources that allows them to live a life of more than abundance at all times. Now go to Genesis chapter 33 very quickly. Genesis 33. Because when it means to be blessed, to to be blessed means that I have more than I need all the time. Genesis chapter 33. Genesis 33. And if you're taking those right down, verse 11. I want you to see this. When when someone say I'm blessed, when I'm talking about living the blessed life, that means I'm having a life of more than enough. Now, Genesis chapter 33, look in verse 11. If you're there, say I'm there. Watch this. This is good. And he says, take up. Now, now, let let me set the stage. This was Jacob meeting with Esau. These were brothers. And God had really blessed Jacob. I mean, he blessed him. And so he was meeting his brother. And so in verse 
10, it says, And Jacob said, No, I pray you, if now I have found grace in your sight, then receive my present at my hand. He was trying to give him a gift. For therefore I have seen thy face as though I have seen the face of God, and thou was pleased with me. Watch verse 11. Take, I pray you, my what? My what? He said, listen what he was telling uh, his brother. He says, take from me my blessing that, is brought, that I brought to you. Because God has dealt graciously with me. I want you to see this. Because I have what? Enough. In other words, I want you to see that when I'm talking about the blessed life, the blessed life is where you're able to give someone something and still have enough. You cannot be blessed if you don't have enough for you and to be able to give it to somebody else too. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10 very quickly. Proverbs 10. I want to show you now what it means to be blessed. I'm only laying this foundation because I'm having to, I'm going to have to chop down some of you all's mentalities. When you have lived in lack for a long time, it shapes your mentality into lack. And so instead of looking for the best, instead of expecting the most, instead of expecting abundance, you have shrunk now down your thinking down to just barely making it. And so I'm using this, this, these scriptures here to just show you the biblical meaning, definition, and design of what blessed means. Now, watch this. Blessed, being blessed always involves the betterment and the prosperity of a person. It includes but is not limited to the increase of, and multiplication of goods, material resources, and spiritual impartations, health, wealth, and blessings. In other words, you just cannot categorize being blessed into just money. Because there are certain things that money can't buy you. Amen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, are you there? Look in verse 22. I'm trying to help you see what it means to be blessed from a biblical perspective. Watch this. Proverbs 10, 22. He says, the blessing of who? The blessing of who? Okay, stop right there before we continue to read. I just want you to see that there is a such thing called the blessing of the Lord. And when God created us, there was a blessing of the Lord that he put on mankind. Now, I'm going to show you later on today that there are different reasons or ways in which a person gets blessed. Now here he says, the blessings of the Lord, what does it do? It makes one what? Rich and it adds no sorrow. Now the word rich there means to accumulate, to gain riches, watch this, and to have an abundance of goods. So what he's saying here is that the blessings of the Lord, watch this, It will cause you to have an abundance of goods. It will cause you to be able to accumulate and gain riches. So when I'm talking about having or living the blessed life, I'm talking about having a life, watch this, that uh, involves accumulating an abundance of goods. Then you may be like, well, pastor, why do I need that? You know why you need it? Because there are people in the world that need it. Do you know the building that we're building right now? They're not going to accept monopoly money for that building. And the only way we're going to get the money as a church is if God blesses you with it. Amen. Now watch this. It goes on to say in that verse, it says, and he adds no sorrow. The word sorrow means pain, hurt, or hardship. So a lot of times we can judge whether or not we blessed ourselves just by looking at if we went through pain, hurt, or hardship when we got it. 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know who he's talking to right now, but you look kind of guilty. I mean, have you ever blessed yourself? Man, it is expensive to bless yourself. I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. Go to Genesis 24 now. Go back to Genesis 24. Genesis 24. I want you to see what it's like for a person to be blessed. Genesis chapter 24. What is it like? What is the picture of somebody who is supposed to be blessed? Because see, some of us, we thought being blessed was just driving a car that didn't break down. We thought being blessed was living in a four-room house. Not a four-bedroom house, but a four-room house. And so I want to give you a biblical standard of what it means to be blessed. Watch this, Genesis 24, look in verse 34. If you're there, say, I'm there. Watch this. Now, this was Abraham's servant who went to go look for Isaac, which was Abraham's son's wife. And I want you to listen to how he described Abraham. Look in verse 34. And he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord has what? There's that word again. The Lord has what? Bless. Now let's see what the repercussions of the Lord blessing you is. He said that the Lord blessed my master. How? Greatly. And he has become great. And he has given him flocks. Everybody say flocks. And he has given him what else? Herds. And he has given him what else? Silver. And what else? And gold. And what else? Men servants. And what else? I mean, we can just stop right there. Let's just start in 2009. That means God wants you to have a housekeeper. Let's see, some of y'all can't even clap because you can't even see it. A what? What did he say? I mean, I don't know about you. How many in here love to clean your house? Okay, we, okay I'll pay y'all to come clean mine then. I mean, I, here's my point. Most people don't want to do that. Now, I want us to get to a point where we can get over the mental hurdle to be able to see God do that for us. Because while somebody's cleaning your house, you can be spending time with your kids. Somebody say amen. He said men servants and maid servants. I mean, how many in here, how many men in here mow your yard? Let me see your hand. All right. How many in here would, would like somebody else to mow your yard? Let me see your hand. See, see, you got to have money to do that. But if all you can see is yourself. If you, can, if you can't get beyond that. See, I'm just trying to get you to start dreaming right now. Because if God did it for Abraham, he'll do it for you. But God can't go beyond our expectations. So he said here he had maidservants and camels and asses. And so I wanted you to see that God blessed Abraham and God's blessing included all that stuff. Let's go to another one. Go to Genesis 26 because I'm trying to chisel some of y'all down. Go to Genesis 26. Let's see what being blessed looks like. Genesis 26. And I'm going to start now in verse 12. Now this is now Abraham's son Isaac. Watch this. Then Isaac, in verse 12, sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and read this part with me, and the Lord blessed him. What did the Lord do? 
Well, let's see how the Lord blessed him. In verse 13, it says, And the man, Isaac, he waxed great, or he became great, and he went forward, and he grew until he became what? Very great. And then verse 14, And he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And then watch this, because I need some of y'all to see this, and read it with me. And the Philistines, what did they do? Listen, haters ain't new. That's haters right there in the Bible. I want you to see that when God begins to bless you, you are going to get some envying people. You're going to develop some enemies. Some of you all are going to have some frenemies. But regardless of what they are, I need you to see that that's going to happen. Now, I'm about to... Can I have permission to jump through my lesson? Okay, because I, I, I want to make a point right here. Because if I don't get anything across to some of you all, here's it, here it is. I have found out one of the main reasons God don't bless some of us like he wants to. Even how some of you all desire him to. Watch this. Your heart is right. You even give right. You live right. But there's one problem that you have. You want me to tell you what it is? I am going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, I want you to go turn your Bibles to, uh, go to, uh, uh, hmm. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. I tell you what, put your hand in 1 Corinthians 10 and go to now Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. This is why some people never ever experience the type of blessing I'm talking about. Mark chapter 10. Now keep your hand over in 1 Corinthians 10 because we're going to go over there. But first, uh, Mark chapter 10 and write down verse 30. Watch this. I'm skipping around in my notes so it's not going to be as systematic as I normally am. But, but bear with me because I think you're going to get something out of it. Watch this. Mark 10 verse 30. All right. Here we go. Jesus was talking about, look in verse 29. He, he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man who's left father, or I mean house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he, that person who's left those things, shall receive a hundredfold. What kind of fold? A hundredfold when? Now in this time. So that, that wipes out going to heaven. He's talking about right now. He wants you to have a hundredfold. But watch what happens. He says he wants you to receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. But what's the next two words? With what? Does that sound like the same thing as with, uh, the, that they got envy? Now go over to second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians 10. This is, some of you all are going to be blessed when you walk out this morning because this is one of the reasons why God hasn't blessed you like he wants to. 1 Corinthians 10 and look in verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. It says, There has no temptation taken you but such that is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you might be able to what? That you might be able to bear it. In other words, here's the Amplified. 
For no temptation, no trial regarding an enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has taken or overtaken you and laid hold on you than that which is common to man. Watch this. I like this part. It says, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength to resist the power to endure. In other words, this is saying that as God is not going to allow you to be put into a situation that you don't have the spiritual in, uh, uh, strength to endure the situation. So guess what? If you don't have the spiritual endurance to overcome people talking about you, God's not going to bless you at the level then. Okay, let me see if I can say that differently. Let me see if I can say it differently. Okay, let's just say for instance now, God begins to bless you with a new house, with someone cleaning the house, with people mowing your grass, cleaning the windows, and your friends come over and they see all these people busy in your house. It's like, who is all these people? Then your wife drive up in a new car, And everything that they see is paid for cash. If God knows you can't handle their criticism, he's not going to bless you at that level. Because the scripture says, he's not going to allow me to be tempted above that which I'm able. So if I'm not able to overcome your criticism, overcome you talking about me, and overcome your hating spirit, if I can't handle that, he's not going to bless me at that level. So here's what some of you all in this room need to do. You need to get some thick skin. You know, Ken Jones has a song I call, I'm going to do something good for my hater today. Some of you all are so scared of your haters that, that God can't bless you. See, I'm talking to some people right now. You are hiding your blessings. I'm talking to somebody right now. You won't even drive one of your cars to work. You just got it in the garage or you let your wife drive it, but you don't want them to know that you got that nice of a car because your car is better than your boss. Well, that's the blessings of the Lord. Some of y'all don't want your family to know how well you're doing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's slapping somebody right now. What am I saying? Until you get the spiritual endurance on the inside. Now, you say, well, Pastor, how do I get there? First of all, you got to know on the inside, if God be for you, who can be against you? And if God accepts me the way I am, the scripture says, go to Ephesians chapter 1 very quickly. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll stop right here. I didn't get to any of my lesson, but that's okay. Ephesians chapter 1. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 1. Look now in verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein, it's talking about God, he has made us what? Are y'all there? He's made us accepted in the beloved. That word accepted can be translated favored. So here's what I want you to see. If God has accepted you, you don't need nobody else's acceptance. So here it is why you're trying to get everybody's acceptance. See, some of y'all, see, God is using, moving some of y'all to change churches to a church like this. And then you got to leave Granny's church. You know, everybody grew up there. Great granddad, you know, great great grandpa was the pastor. And now Granny go there, great granny go there, mama go there, all your cousins go there. But ain't nobody learning nothing. Only thing they have for dinner is the pastor every Sunday talking about it 
I mean, somewhere you got to make some personal changes to get where you're going. And guess what? If you don't develop the spiritual muscles to be able to take the criticism because I'm at a level now where you're going to be talked about. You know, as wonderful as your heart is, and you wouldn't harm a cat, but you're going to have some people talking about you. Now, let me tell you a secret to help you overcome this, because I'm really trying to get some of you all up to a level that God can bless you. Some of y'all, y'all's blessings have stopped because you can't handle the persecution. And so, can you imagine waking up and God is blessing you, but you feel bad about it every morning? And that's why he's blessed, not blessing something because you're you going to feel bad. And you got, listen, when you got to justify the people why you got what you got, it's not them, it's you. I mean, they can't even compliment you. Ooh, those are some nice boots. Oh, they old. I bought them last year. I bought them at Kmart too, girl. I mean, why, why, why do you have to go there? See, a broke mentality or a poor, well, let's say a poverty mentality, is one that, that needs the acceptance of somebody else. See, that's why people buy purses that cost $1,000 and got $10 in it. Boy, I just stepped in something real deep right there, didn't I? I mean, you got this Gucci. And that Gucci cost $500, but all you got is $5 in that Gucci. Now, I'd rather have a Uchi with $500 in it that costs $5. But see, a poverty mindset wants people to think you got something you don't. See, a poverty mindset will make you try to prove yourself to people when you don't have to. I don't have to prove to you how well I'm doing. I'm just going to live the blessed life. And there are some people in this room, you got in some bad situations because you let the opinions and the expectations of other people push you into where you are. You know, I remember I'll close with this story. I remember when I first got out of, out of school, I, my parents, they blessed my parents. I, well, one, day, one day I'm going to be able to buy y'all a car, cash. One day I'm going to be able to do that. I'm saying that publicly, so one day I'll be able to do that. Amen? But, but, but they gave me a, a car. It was a Nova. And this Nova was good. But this Nova looked like a Rubik's Cube. I mean, when they gave it to me, it was one color. But by the time I kept it for a while, it was about five or six colors. You know, the hood was one color and the back panel was one color. And, you know, it was a lot of problems with this Nova. You know, I accidentally, you know, I'm not mechanically inclined. So I accidentally put the windshield wiper. You know, I need to change my windshield wiper. So I took one off. And when I put the new one on, I didn't put it on where it was already flat, you know, on the windshield. And so when I put it on, the windshield wiper went off the windshield. And I didn't know how to put it, how to take it off to put it back on. So, you know, when it rained, I'm next to you at the stoplight and my windshield wiper is going off for the windshield. And then when it rained, I had a leak in my car. And so here it is. I'm dressed. I'm in corporate America now. I got on my suit and tie, but I had a big towel on my leg because it's going water. The water is dripping on my leg. And then, unfortunately, my, my driver's door stopped working. So I had to get in through the passenger door. 
Oh, I had a lot of problems. And then, you know, because uh, I'm in corporate now, I'm making my own money, and they pushing me, why are you driving that raggedy car? Why are you driving that raggedy car? I said, oh, don't you believe God? God can Listen, I said, listen, the word, I, the word don't change me. The word's going to change that car. So what they did, they played a trick on me. They went and got, these, they went and got this uh, 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 fluorescent yellow fake car phone antenna and put it on my car like I had a phone in there. I left it on there. Because I knew one day God was going to bless me. And here's my point. I did not let their expectations push me into going to buy something I couldn't afford. And I waited and I waited and I was, remember I was, I was at breakfast one day with my boss. I was at breakfast one day and we had a breakfast meeting and when we were leaving the meeting I saw this 300ZX turbo with T-tops on it for sale. I wrote down the phone number and man, the man gave me an awesome deal for that car. You should have saw their faces when I drove up in my 300 with the T-tops off of it. And you know what? Here's my point again. Here's what the receptionist, because it was a big company. So, you know, you walk in, they had a big lobby and had a receptionist. And, you know, everybody know I was a, a preacher at the time. This is what? This was 20-some years ago. Watch this. She said, I'll never forget. So why did you buy that kind of car? You should have bought a Volkswagen. You shouldn't be driving something like that. And I'm like, you know what? You can't. Watch this. Here's my point. They're going to talk about you if you got it. And they're going to talk about you if you don't. I got so off track this morning on my, but I just feel that there are some people in this room. You're so concerned about what people think. If, you, if, you, if your convictions are that strong, I want you to know that you're limiting how God wants to bless you. And if he knows you can't handle that, he's not going to bring. So what do you got to do? You got to accept the fact that God loves me with or without what I got. That my car don't make me. My house don't make me. My clothes don't make me. My money don't make me. What makes me is my relationship with God and who he says I am. Did you get something out of this morning's message? Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, right there at your seat. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And what a way to start a new year off is by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You know, believe it or not, there is another life.